Okay, so this episode is a little bit of a break in between the series that we're in right now. Um, I'll tell you what it is and then why we're doing it. It's going to be me running through some questions, some questions that uh, I wanted to ask myself to let you know a little bit more about me. No, it is questions that uh, somebody sent me, but I did think they would help you know uh, some things maybe I haven't talked about or a little bit more uh, context and some of the information that I don't always get into if I'm, I'm focused on training or teaching a skill. Uh, also because just newer listeners that are here, um, this could be a way to get to know a little bit about me, and I'll tell you where these questions come from, and we're going to dive right into them. Uh, I, I look forward to this year, something I want to do with the next book I'm working on, to introduce you guys to a lot more of the people that I get to work with. It's so much fun. And um, just a little intro for where these questions come from. I work with an organization, uh, their leadership team, coach their CEO, called Charge. And Charge, their mission is liberating girls from the elliptical. So they have memberships that you can be a part of on college campuses. And and they're spreading because this is such a, a, a needed mission, and they're doing such great work. They do it at such a high level, but they're helping uh, girls become who they are through fitness, through health, through everything that can help them become whole. And uh, for me as a dad of daughters, it really adds all the feels to be involved with him as a mission. But anyway, in a coaching call with um, Elizabeth, she had had some questions that was that were asked of her and she wanted to ask them of me. And I was like, well, rather than doing those on a call, how about I answer them? I'll, I'll get them to you, but I'll also make it a podcast for others that might be served through these answers. So that's the point, little random Q&A today. Uh, number one, what are two of the defining steps in your career path uh, that got you where you are today? Oh, man, I, you know, I had, didn't look over these to prep much because I didn't, over, didn't look over them at all, really, because I wanted to be in the moment with you and, and not filter. Um, and so there's a lot of things that come, but, come to my mind. But if I had to say two, uh, first, it was being thrown into a situation where I had to lead lots of people and lots of teams in my mid-20s. So the the stress of that, I had to grow fast. Um, I talk to people a lot about, you know, when they feel stressed as they step into a new role or new opportunity. If you were to uh, change the day with uh, Jeff Bezos at Amazon, and and you had his day, his problems, you would come back to your day and be like, this is cake, um, because his capacity for problem solving and stress is just going to be higher. And so leadership's like climbing a mountain. You're letting your lungs acclimate at different levels. And so for me, one of the defining steps was early on being in a place that I was over my head. And the Talent Code author talks about this. That's where you grow. When the water's over your head, you got to stretch to get a, a, you know your head over water. So I'm studying about leadership and I'm learning like crazy. In fact, a recent email I sent out uh, just reviewing seven templates that I shared with you in a podcast episode just a few episodes ago came out of me just learning how to figure out patterns quick. I didn't have time to linger forever on decisions. I needed to be able to get a quick assessment of where I was and where I was headed. So for sure being thrown in over my head. So if you're out there and you're in that spot, acclimate to the stress 
and then you're going to grow and go to the next level and then you're going to acclimate to that stress and, and you grow and go to the next level. Um, the second defining step. Wow. What would I say the second defining step is to get where I am today? Um, man, I, you know, I, I think for me, it's leaning into the curiosity. Ninth grade, I remember this, uh, like being really curious about pyramids. And this is before uh, the internet. Um, this would have been like 92. So before much of what we think about is the internet anyway. And I'm looking up pyramids in an Encyclopedia Britannica. I, I'm I'm not afraid to chase where my thoughts might lead me. And I think for a lot of people, they're not leaning into their curiosity on the things that they're interested in or want to study or research and um, and where their thoughts want to lead them. Like, what's it mean to have deeply held beliefs and let go of them and see if another belief uh, is something you want to hold on to? Um, we are just one book, one idea, one movie, one conversation from changing something about our lives or our viewpoints. And so I would say leaning into curiosity, um, making what I want to make, you know, I I don't write the books that I'm like, ah, this will, this will sell like crazy. I I hope they do. I want them all to, and it'll be crazy to not say that, but I am following what I want to do. I want to get to a certain destination and I want to enjoy getting there. I want to do it my own way. So those would be the two. Uh, what are the top two to three skills that are needed to succeed in a position like yours? Well, it changes. Right now, the skill that would be the most uh, underrated or unknown that most people would not know about, and it's how to take what I'm doing and do it in such a way that others can do it. Uh, I want to spread this message beyond what I can just do. So the ability to to put together something that's transferable, that teaches skills and outcomes, that isn't just dependent on Chris McAllister being there, or his energy or whatever. So really excited about that. So I think that's a top skill. Like, how do I train others to do it? Um, you as a leader are thinking about how to leave everything better. You're going to be gone one day. And if you're wanting to move something forward and impact people, you really have to think about you leaving. And even though I don't want to leave for many decades and keep doing the work and I enjoy it, I need to set it up that I do. So number one skill would be, you know, setting it up for me to leave. And that is a skill. Somebody goes, that's not a skill. That's like a task or an action. No, it's a skill. When you learn how to really think through systems that don't need you, uh, it it starts to become a part of your brain. Uh, Second skill, the courage... um, to ship is built on the skill of creating deadlines. So the second skill would be creating deadlines. Any work that you want to do, if you're making something happen that isn't happening, uh, I mean, you know, I do a job that I made up, so to speak. Uh, you you have to you have to put out quality at regular interval, intervals. Now that interval could be a big book every few years or a medium book every year or two. Uh, it could be a podcast once a month, once a week. I mean, intervals are different for everybody, but if you're going to regularly ship, you've got to have those deadlines in place. And so there are days where I'm like, I could go trail running for five hours. Yay. Or work on the next book, right? And it doesn't mean I'm a slave to the task. It's something that I want to make, but the deadline piece is huge. And I think the third one is sell. You got to be able to sell. Um, It's amazing to me in the current business startup market environment that pitching a deal that you can put together and get people to invest uh, has become a more marketable skill in the short term 
than the ability to package your stuff and sell it. And the market will course correct on that over time, but with these big IPOs and so much that's happening there, it'll change. And for most people, if you can't you know, get in front of people and with compelling passion and persuasion, not not um, force things or or hype or pressure or be gimmicky. Just bring who you are. I mean, I want to tell my neighbors about Site Shift. I'm excited about it. I'm passionate about it. I want to walk across the street and tell them about the email that I sent out today to the email list because it would help their lives in some way. That that is passion that you want to unblock. Selling is just the courage to go. Will you buy? Um, or let me sign you up or whatever. What are some things you wish you knew about your job before you started your job? You know, I think in line with that, it's uh, how how much your your flow, your freedom, your work de- uh, depends on your courage to take the next step. Uh, so I feel like entrepreneurs I work with, they have, you know, maybe a one-month margin of error where they can make a big wrong call or they could make, uh, or they could get blocked up and not move forward on something they need to. Uh, and some entrepreneurs I work with have a multi-year window where they could do that. They could kind of like slowly die. There's some entrepreneurs I work with that have a few days margin of error. And so, um, I think for me, it would just be what I wish I knew before. Just do it. Like, you're thinking about doing that podcast? Do it, Chris. You're thinking about making that? Do it. Uh, Always stealing those moments to make the next thing uh, is continuing to add so much value. Uh, That shapes a lot of how I'm thinking about this fall. Uh, What was the best thing you did in college to prepare yourself for the real world? That is a funny question because I have a lot of beliefs teaching at... um, at the as a professor at the college level, the undergraduate level, um, I, I my beliefs were validated over and over and over. Um, the best thing you can learn to do in college to pr- prepare yourself for the real world, in my context, teaching in a liberal arts university and then going to school at a liberal arts university was critical thinking. I mean, I looked at the classes I taught as a way to teach critical thinking. That was what I learned at college. It was so powerful. We had these passages that we would translate. Uh, with my professor out of Greek into English in college, and he would go, I want you to list all the presuppositions you come to this uh, passage or text with. And so we would list these out. It was this exercise of going through everything I already believe before I even engage in this. Um, And so critical thinking is huge if you're not going to be a lemming and just run off the cliff out of fear. Uh, I think there's a lot more that can be done to prepare people for the real world in college, but that's another conversation. What are the steps students need to take during the school year in order to stay in touch and get a job? Um, The best thing to do is to have, you know, 50 people that you're connected with, even if they're 20 years older than you in college, that you can text and just say, Um, Hey, hope you're having a great week. You know, check in with them every six months. Put yourself on their radar. Let them know what you're doing at school. Take a genuine interest in their life. They may be super busy, so don't get mad if they don't respond. But have this group of names that you reach out to. I've led people twice my age um, since I was 21. I I coach people now much older than me, much farther down the road than me. And um, I know what it's like to 
to be able to stay in touch and build those relationships and learn from them and let them learn from me where I can add value. But if you're in school right now and you're making those connections, when you come out, uh, you're going to have a lot more to draw on. Um, Do you have any advice on how to handle rejection uh, as students embark on job searches? Um, I mean, I've been rejected. I I can remember at different transitions where... Uh, you know, I've been my own boss most of my life, practically the whole time, but there's a few year window in there. But, uh, but there were a couple of times where I'm like, Oh, I need to go get this job. Uh, and I was going after something a little bit more traditionally and man, I would meet people and shake their hands and be as bold as I needed to be, put a resume in their, in their hand, which wasn't the best approach. Relationship is always better. Uh, but I have been rejected. I know what that's like. And the best thing is just to know that when you're at that space of really trying to reach out, uh, two, two things. One, don't be gross. It is the law of numbers. You're going to reach out and you're going to reject it. Number two, ask for introductions through relationships you already have. And if you've done the texting thing that I just said in the earlier question, that's going to be way easier. What was the hardest part of transitioning from college into your career and how did you overcome it? Uh, even though I do work different now, it was kind of similar. And so I remember when I went from college to really just, you know, full-time work every day, I was sitting in an office going, what do I do with my time? <laughs> uh, you won't stay there long if you're ambitious and you have a vision. It'll fill it pretty quick. But I do remember saying like, wait, shouldn't there just be like a ton of work that somebody goes and tells me to do? Um, but it doesn't always work that way. And so I think not that it's the hardest part, but it is a part. Uh, you've got to be ready to fill the space with your vision. And the sooner you do that, the better off you're going to be. Go work on the things that you can while you can uh, before somebody hems you in. Uh, how do you balance the desire to be the hardest working person in the office with the need to also have a personal life? Uh, you know, everybody has their own rhythm on this. Uh to, to go, 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 all the time will take the edges off your effectiveness. So um, you want to have things that you love, that are fun for you, that rejuvenate you. And if they're done in a way that actually rejuvenate you, you're not trying to escape from your work. You'll actually enhance who you are. You'll want to engage back into your work with like ideas and passion and joy. Um, and so for me, it's not about trying to have a balance. It's just trying to be about, am I working on things that I feel passionate about doing? Am I unblocked in that? Do I want to go after these? And then am I also letting the desire to sit around the fire pit summertime, you know, hang by the pool, uh, go to the water park with the kids, um, go out into the woods and go on a walk, go for runs. Am I letting those desires flourish too? Um, If attendees want to apply to work or intern at your office, what steps should they take? Um, Currently not taking those, so there's not a step I could tell them to take, but I would say that uh, we do have some news we're releasing beginning of August that uh, is going to give people opportunity to be a part of SiteShift in a different way than they ever have been if they want to be, and I'll hold off on that. Um, Do you have a mentor, and if so, how did you go about building that relationship? So, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of different, um, ebbs and flows to this. Uh, probably the most intense one that I had early on that helped me a ton was a coach for a few years and he was incredible. Um, I hired, uh, a coach for a specific problem I was facing 
for about 14 sessions that helped me make a massive transition in the smoothest way possible. Uh, I've had a psychologist. I hired him for like seven sessions. Of course, I've paid for things where I fly in for a few days to spend time with people. Um, I always look for, oh, I'm hearing them talk and I feel like they have the next thing that I need. Not a knowledge high. I've definitely been guilty of that, like reading books and just getting a knowledge buzz, but but like a wisdom high, <laughs> just where I'm like, oh, they have something that's going to help me move that next thing forward. Um, I had a gentleman that was in his uh, early 80s that I met with. Um you know, probably more recently, a number of times, and he really helped me develop some skills that I was lacking. Um, I've met with counselors at different points, um, specifically went to see an older female counselor for a while, just because I felt like that was important for a number of reasons. And it was very healthy and awesome. Um, I've met with mentors. At one time, I was meeting with three different mentors once a month, and they were each giving me different things. And those relationships started to change. And you could see that, you know, they're taking notes from what I'm saying more than I'm taking notes from them. And if you are very growth oriented, you will outgrow mentors at certain points. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I've just went about building the relationship. If I'm paying them, I'm reaching out and asking and I'm not afraid to ask. I mean, the psychologist, I heard him speaking at a thing in Austin, Texas. And at that time I just moved to Columbus, Ohio. And I just walked up to him and I'm like, Hey, would you meet with me by phone? And, um, he could have said no, he didn't, and I'm so glad I got to walk through that process with him. So sometimes it's paid, and sometimes when it's been free, I just ask him, like, um, would you commit to meeting with me once a month for six months or a year or three months or whatever? Give them an end, give them an out if it's something you're asking somebody to do for you for free because uh, if it feels open-ended, that can be kind of scary. Um be leery if somebody asks you, hey, I want to mentor you. Uh, nine out of 10 times, that's bad. And I've talked about that before, uh, why that's bad. So a little bit of Q&A there, wherever you find yourself. I hope there's uh, something here for you to walk away with and grow from. Have an awesome day. Peace.